All right, so I have this question here from um, Ekeja. And Ekeja said, I listened to your most recent podcast entitled My Struggles, December 2021. First of all, I would like to say I'm super impressed with how sincere you were with the challenges you were going through in life as at then. I'm sure... Of, I'm sure some of those challenges still lurk around even after two years. But then, like you said, the recording was done on the 22nd of December 2021. And obviously, you didn't share it until now. So my question is, why share it now? Does it mean you have successfully overcome all parts of the fears you had then? If yes, how did you do it? This is a great question from... Um, Ekejam phone and um, I think to start off with you might not have a good understanding of where Ekeja is coming from if you haven't listened to um, the podcast I put out before this one so you might want to go back to that it's called My Struggles um, December 2021 so in that podcast um, it was actually a recording I did in 2021 December and um, I was recording what I was going through at the time. And it was, as I said, it was one of the lowest points in my life. Um, because for, for a number of reasons, and that's why I feel you really need to pay good attention to this podcast, because I'm going to be touching on different areas um, as I go. So there are going to be different landmarks that I feel people should pay attention to. Um, so when I did that podcast, it was... It was um, it was a low point in my life. It had been a very hard year. And um, we, had, we had come from COVID in 2020. And I feel we, we were still having a little bit of lockdown in 2021. Um, so I think things were just beginning to ease up as at that time. But there was still some restrictions, social distancing and stuff like that. And at, at, at from that 2021, my business had taken a hit. And it took a hit um, in two ways. 2020, 2021, businesses were on lockdown. And um, nobody, very few people were doing logos. Um, very few people were doing flyers. You know, people were not doing a lot of um, printing, logos, signages, things I, I really was doing as a designer then. So I lost a lot of my clients. And um, I had just one client. At that point and that one client was a very good paying client and so so i still kept that client for 2020 2021 in fact that client covered a lot of my um financial needs you understand they were that good um but then 2021 we had like a disagreement a fallout and we went our, our separate ways and then i had no clients zero clients and you know that was very hard i'd never been in that position where I had zero clients. But then, you know, I didn't know it was going to be that hard because I thought it was just going to be press the activate button again and engage clients. And this way we must understand that your work is very spiritual. And every client you have is a spiritual connection. A lot of times people think you getting clients is by your hard work. No, every client you have is a spiritual connection. You must always thank God for your clients. For someone to look at your work and say, I want to work with you, is a spiritual connection. We take it so much for granted and we give ourselves the credit. 
You understand? For some, because people cannot look at your work and say it's good and not want to work with you. For someone to look at it and say it's good, I want to work with you, it takes a lot. So if you have one client, a lot of people say, oh, I have just one client, two clients. It's a gift. And I remember when I lost this client, I went on, on like, like the, the greatest um, um, marketing spree I've ever done in my life. I, I looked for the best of my works and I put it out there consistently. And all I heard was were just cricket sounds. Nobody contacted me. Nobody. It was like nobody. Zero. No client. Nobody doing logos. Nobody doing flyers. Nobody asking for my rate. Nothing. Now, saying this, why I say business is spiritual and your work is spiritual, your connection with your clients is spiritual, is because in 2020, I had the conviction that I was meant to have stopped doing design actively as a business. I had that conviction within me, in my spirit. I knew I was meant to move on to the next thing, which, which was teaching and speaking and mentoring. But then, for me, I'd been doing, at, that, at that time, I'd been doing design for 18 years, almost two decades, you know, I, that, that was how I knew how to live. That was my living. So I was very disobedient in stopping it. You understand? I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And you know, once you start going against the will of God, especially if you are a person of faith, you have a relationship with God, God will not allow you to go against His will. He will rather just take out those things that are obstructing you. So I, I, I do believe that my clients' drop-in was not totally because of COVID. Because some people still had a spike in their, their engagement during COVID, it was because the time had come for me to stop and I was just disobedient. So all my clients started going out. So 2021, I lost all of them and then I had to obey what God was asking me to do, which was to speak and to teach. And um, that's where it all started to fall apart. And when I say fall apart, it was falling apart for good, but it didn't feel good then. And this is one of the landmarks I'm going to point out here. The fact that you are doing the right thing doesn't mean things are going to feel right. 2021 was the, one of the hardest years of my life. As a person, financially, spiritually, it was one of the hardest years. But then I was doing the right thing. I knew I was doing the right thing in 2021. I knew it. But then it was hard. It was hard to do the right thing. Because a lot of times we've made the matrix of doing the right thing financial reward. And that matrix wasn't panning out for me in 2021 because I wasn't getting paid for anything I was doing then in terms of speaking, coaching, mentoring, you know, nothing. I was just showing up on um, people's podcasts, webinars, um, having Instagram lives, and people were getting serious value from it. You know, I was getting messages. My WhatsApp messages were blowing up. Like, I really got value. You really changed my life. You know, I was recording podcasts, and people were like, I really like this. This has really helped me. It has helped me to make more money. I think that was the most frustrating thing. I was helping people to make more money, but I wasn't making a dime. And it was so frustrating. I think one, another thing that made it extremely hard was we had a child on the way. That made it very hard and that made it very tense for me. Um, my, my last son um, was born in November. So as at this, that time when I was recording it, I had a baby that was just barely one month old. And for anyone that has had a child, you know that babies don't, they don't hear, um, relax, 
you get your food tomorrow or relax you get your, you get your, you, you get your your diapers tomorrow no 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 they need it when they need it they need that care when they need it and it has to come so the pressure was on and i felt really really abandoned it was a very tough time my wife was um had been working with a um telehealth company that just all of a sudden closed down and they just let go of everyone. All of a sudden, just closed down and everybody had to go. So she was out of the work, out of work too. So it just seemed she was out of work. I was out of work. It was it was just a very tight place to be. So I recorded that podcast on the twenty second, and because I had done a podcast before then, talking about telling telling advising people that when you are going through tough times, you want to document it. You never want to forget it. You understand because suffering has treasures in it. We want to be able to look back at it. A lot of times we forget our suffering so we, we don't, because we don't document them. We, don't, we forget how hard it was and so we are not grateful enough when we come out of it. So I decided to just take my own advice and record what I was going through at the time. And um, it was tough, but I did it. And I, I think the first person I ever shared that podcast with was my wife. Immediately I recorded it. I played it for my wife. And this, this is the second landmark I'm going to put in here. Look, never joke with the decision of marriage. It's one of the most important decisions you will make in your life. The most important decision you will make in your life. Probably the most important. Who to spend the rest of your life with. If, you've not, if you don't find that person, just don't get married. You understand? Don't get married. It's okay not to get married. You see, it's, marriage is not a standard of life. You understand? It's a privilege to get married only when you're married to the right person. And I feel like the lowest criteria of it being the right person is the person being your friend. That's the lowest. Being your very close friend, if not your best friend. You understand? So I played to my wife, who is my best friend. I played it to her and she listened to it. And she was silent for a while. And I realized she was feeding the baby then and she was silent for a while. And she just said, said, you'll be all right, we'll be fine, we'll be okay. And those words, as simple as they were, was what I needed. She told me, very simple words, not anything, not anything elaborate, just told me, we'll be fine, we'll be okay. This comes to another landmark I'm going to put out there, especially for guys. A lot of us as guys, we try to be superheroes to our wives. To the person we are in a relationship with, you understand? To the girl we are in a relationship with. Superhero. So, so we always feel we need to show up to save the day. And we don't ever put ourselves out there as needing to be saved sometimes. So we bottle up our struggles, our fears, our challenges, our insecurity. Because we, do, we want to be like superheroes. The superhero is never vulnerable. Um, but I dare to say, if you are married to the right person... That person wants to get married to a human being, not a superhero. A human being, not a superhero. Um, and, and they want to feel like they save you sometimes too. You understand? It helps their confidence to feel like they are there for you. So a lot of guys don't give their wives um, the opportunity to be there for them. And it kills the confidence of women that they are not there. Give them the opportunity to be there. It is good to be chivalrous, you understand? Chivalry is good. However, give the woman an opportunity to be there. And, and you know, 
I struggled with that for a while, you know, just trying to be that macho man. So my wife would try to pay for something. I'd be like, no, no, don't pay for it. Don't pay for it. I'll pay. You understand? Don't pay. Don't pay. And when she pays, I pay her the money back. You understand? Because I just wanted to be the man. And, and, and I must be careful about that. Sometimes you have the money, but she wants to pay. You let her pay. Sometimes she needs it. She wants to feel like I did something. I am someone. He needs me too. You understand? So give her that opportunity. Yes, there are some women out there who don't want that opportunity to... They always want to, to take from you. But then that way you must find the right woman who, who always who wants to give to you too. You understand? And don't leave her bucket full and overflowing when you can receive from her. So, you know, be vulnerable when you can. Very important. Be vulnerable. And, you know, we must be careful the advice we give each other as guys. And I, and I feel mine started on my wedding day. You understand? On my wedding day. And... Um, when I got married, uh, while we were taking photos in front of the church, someone came to me, and this was someone that was much older than me, much is old enough to be my father. And he leaned in, he didn't even lean in, he just pulled me to the side. And he told me, you know what, now that you're married, let me just tell you, women don't care about love. It's money they're looking for. When you give them money, they'll give you love. If you don't have money, they'll withdraw their love. And he walked away. And those words were, were the most toxic words I have I had ever heard in my life up until now. I've heard more toxic stuff, but that, at that point, it ranks really high right now. Top three toxic words. Um, advice I've had was one of those. You understand? Because I went into marriage with that mentality that if I wanted my wife to be happy, all I had to do was flash money. That put me under a lot of pressure and kind of made me... Um, not vulnerable to her. And that kind of, that caused some strain on the relationship because I, I never wanted to be vulnerable. Never wanted to cry. Never wanted to say I had financial struggles. So every time she asked for something, the next thing was just think of how to get it, how to supply. You understand? I never told her, oh man, this might be very hard for me to get because I don't have enough money right now and stuff like that. So, so we kept our financial lives separate. She had her money and her money was hers. I wasn't going to touch her money. Not that she wasn't willing to give, but I wasn't going to touch it because that made me less of a man. But my money was everybody's own, was to save the world. And that, you know, that was a problem. So I never asked for advice and stuff, never showed my vulnerability. And I missed out on a lot till I began to understand that this was my, this was my teammate. You understand? We're together in this. And I started enjoying marriage more when I started to open up more. And this was one of the times when I shared that voice note with her. And she told me it was going to be okay. And, you know, I just felt some peace at that point in time. And I, I, but she told me one thing. She said, said, but don't share this voice note. Don't put this voice note out there. So when you're asking why, why it took two years, that's one of the reasons. My wife told me, don't, don't share this voice note. Don't put it out there. Because I thought I, I thought, thought I needed to put it out, but she told me don't, don't share it. And I'm going to come back to that. But then after she said it was going to be okay, she said, you know what? These kids, we need to, we still need to have Christmas. No matter what we have in the bank account, we still need to have Christmas and just give and share. And just give. You understand? It's, you know, Nigerians say, um, at all, at all, in bad pass. That means not doing it at all is the worst thing. You understand? Let, even if you do a small thing, it's better. So I, I said, all right. You know, at that time, I felt some courage. I didn't feel as down. I said, okay, let's go out shopping the next day. So we went out shopping on the 23rd. We went out Christmas shopping. And um, 
I had just I, I tell you I had just forty thousand in the account, forty thousand naira. For some people, if you are single, man, people say ah, you are still balling now. Forty thousand naira is a lot of money for a single person. You understand? Um, some people, some some single people might say forty thousand naira. That's not as bad as I'm making it seem. But it's very scary when you have three kids and one of them is a one month old baby. You understand? Very scary. You understand? So at forty thousand naira, we went out shopping for Christmas and we were buying some gifts for my nieces, for my sister, for my kids, just small things we could afford. And we, and we kept it within the budget. And because my wife knew what was going on, you understand, I've been vulnerable with her. You know, she, you know, women are, when a woman wants to help you, you know, she knows what to shop for and keep, you know, the, to help you get things that look really decent for, on, a, on a budget. So we got things that were really decent. And I think doing that shopping, we, we bought stuff for everyone, you understand. And um, we, we had, we had spent about, I think, 35,000 naira. So we got to the till and I gave the, the person at the till, the cashier, my card. And I asked him, yeah, he swiped it. And I was just thinking, just give me back. So he swiped it and the money was taken from the account. And I got, I heard the alert in my pocket. I heard it go off. And I knew that I was down to my last 5K. So I didn't look at it. I was like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm just going to try to enjoy Christmas. And um, when I got to the car, for some reason, I brought out my phone and I looked at it. And my balance was saying 105,000. And I was thinking, this cannot be right. 105,000. And my wife was in the car with me, but I, di I didn't tell her because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I thought, man, this is a glitch somewhere. And so we got home and I looked back at it and it was still saying 105,000. And I didn't see where the money had come from. And I think later on, there was a delay that told me 100,000 had come into my account. And... Um, I had a client call me later on. I still didn't tell my wife because I was still, I still wasn't sure. I was like, this thing, I'm going to reverse it very soon. But this is a terrible joke, you understand? So um, someone called me and just sent me a message and said, Mr. Tola, I just paid 100000 into your account because I would need you to do some stuff for us, edit something. It was some, some work I'd done for them earlier on. I think even up to a year. I wanted to do some slight edits on it. And they paid 100000 you understand? And I remember... I remember then I charged them in 2020 and they said that was too much to, to do edits on that stuff. But it was quite voluminous, but they said do edits. I was like, no, that's what I'm going to take. So it took them a year, but they paid. And I was so shocked. I was so shocked. And that's when I told my wife, you know what just happened? I just, I just got 100,000. While we were there, someone had paid money. And this is another landmark I'm going to come to. Giving never fails. It never fails because... You see, there is a temptation to withhold when you don't, when you feel you don't have enough for yourself. There's a temptation, but it's a trap. It's a trap to keep you in that state where you don't have enough for yourself. When I made that decision that I was going to give irrespective of what I had, miraculously, and this was a miracle because 2020 to December 2021, someone had given a... a, a, a um, um, a cost or a rate on something, finally agreed and paid that money. You understand? I, I believe it was very timely and um, that was a miracle. 23rd, I went from being having 40,000 in the account to having 105,000 in the account to being 100k richer after I'd done that voice note. Um, that was incredible for me. That was incredible. It still wasn't like enough to meet up with 
my my fees, the fees for the kids. Um, but then it was something. It was something. It was a, it was a ray of hope. You understand to keep us going as a family. It was a ray of hope. And and I, I guess at this point I'm going to talk about school, which is another landmark. And I'm going to advise, you know, especially middle-class people here. I think talking about the educational system is a long... I might do a podcast on that later on, but I'm just going to give some advice here. If you're a middle-class person, one of the biggest mistakes middle-class people is they spend a lot on education, like they are upper class. They never work within their budget, especially on that emotional thing called traditional schooling. Um, the middle class like, are the most insecure of all the classes. They're more insecure than even the core lower class people because they always want to look a part. And they never want to ad admit that they're middle class. But a lot of people are, you understand? Um, although you have upper middle class and lower middle class, but that middle class, as long as middle class, there's, there's an, you, know, you, must, you must come to terms with who you are um, and work within your means, especially with schooling. So I see a lot of middle class families that could do well and live comfortably, but then they, every three months, they give the bulk of their earnings to this institution called school. It's not a bad institution, but a lot, of, a lot of it is overpriced. And you must learn to put your kids in schools that you can afford, very important, that you can afford. And what I mean by afford is not clean out your bank account, but you can pay it and have enough to live on you understand? There are other things other than that school. So a lot of time we want to go, we're looking for the best schools with the best days, best teachers, best, you know. And we're, and we're struggling school with upper class people. You understand? And it's, it's a big mistake we make. As I said, I'll make another podcast on that. But that's just advice I thought I needed to put out there. Um, so one of the things we had to do as a family was to change our children's school to one we could more easily afford. And it was, it was a lot of pressure off our juggler. A lot of pressure off. You understand? A lot of pressure off. So you, some of you might need to rethink that if you are middle class. However, I'll get back to the story. It wasn't enough to pay the school fees, but it was good enough to make me know that God was still with me. And I'll let you know that God never let you down. Once you do his work, he never does. It felt the whole year like he was letting me down. But I feel he, was just wanting, he just wanted me to surrender. And to trust. I realized that for a long time, what I called my faith was God doing exactly what I wanted what, when he wanted it. It was a very shallow faith. God doing what I wanted when I wanted it, not when he wanted it. That was a very shallow faith and God was trying to break that. You understand? So, 100k, massive encouragement, 23rd. And on the 24th, I was about going to bed and um, I got a call and it was from a client that I'd worked for many years in 2019 and um, never worked with him afterwards again. And he had called me and this was pretty late. This was like to 11. On a good day, I don't answer those calls. I don't answer client calls past eight, you understand, past seven sometimes. I close from work and I try to spend time with my family. But this time, you know, I picked up the call because I've not heard from him in a while. So I picked up the call and um, he, he was like, hello. I said, hello. He was like, did I call you or did you call me? And I said, sir, you called me. <laughs> and he was like, I didn't even know I was calling you because I was drifting off in sleep. So I didn't even know when I dialed your number, but I was thinking about you. And I was still trying to make a decision to go with you or someone else. 
But since I seem to have called you, maybe I should go with you. And he said he had this branding project he needed to do um, for um, a um, for a supermarket he was going to start. And um, he said he, he just thought of me. He thought of me. I was thinking of someone else. But now that he has called me, am I interested? And at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested. And um, he told me all he had to spend on that project was 300K. You understand? For me, when I was doing design actively, that was less than what I would have charged. But remember, this was me coming from 40K in the account. So it was good. But then even at that time, I had a conviction that this supply has come in, not for you to have to yourself, but to share. You understand? So you're not going to go back to clicking that thing, doing a logo anymore. You're going to find someone within your mentoring group to do this work. You understand? So I knew it wasn't all 300K for me. I was meant to hire someone else to do it so I wouldn't lose focus on my teaching mentoring. But I took the money and I hired, I, I hired someone else in my mentoring group to do it. And he did it. And it was hitch free. You understand? We, we delivered on the work the next year, but it was each free. He didn't change anything. He just accepted it. He paid fully up front. It was great. So from that 22nd, when I recorded it, to the 24th, I had gone 400k richer in two days. No marketing, no nothing. People just remembered me. You see, and that's why I keep saying that, look, your business is a spiritual thing. If you are well positioned, you are obedient, you are with the right people, God will remember you. It's not about your portfolio. It's not about the noise you make. It's about being obedient. Then, I'd got, I'd, I had some money, you know, and I'd paid some of it to, to the designer. And so I had about um, 300K left, you understand, uh, altogether. So on 25th, I went, for, I went for a Christmas party. A lot of times we have a Christmas, uh, we spend our Christmas with my parents. I'm, I'm blessed to have my parents still around. And so uh, me, my sister, my family and her family, we, we spend our time with our parents and our parents' place. And as I was there, I was sitting next to somebody and um, she told me, there's this training that we are doing and... Um, Someone will call you for the training. You understand? She told me that. She told me the training we have, and someone's going to call you for the training. And I was like, okay, I'll look forward to that. And um, while I was still sitting there, someone else told me there is a signage that's meant to be replaced, um, and we would like you to replace this our signage. So put together a quotation for this signage that needs to be replaced and stuff like that. And I was I was blown away. I was like, this happened on twenty fifth. And um, after the 25th, the next day, the 26th, that person for the training called me and told me, um, so I was giving you a number to call you for this training. We are going to train some people on branding, the essence of branding for organizations and stuff like that. I heard you've done that before. How much did you charge? And I asked, I told him, oh, the last time I did that, I charged um, 500K per day and stuff like that. And I said, we're going to do this for two days. So this is how much we're going to pay you. And I was like, incredibly blown away had gone from that 40k in, in on the 22nd and on the 26th had somebody that had agreed to pay me one million naira to do a two-day training incredible what is incredible is not the amount what's incredible is the faithfulness 
of God. God does care. And he, he is a father. So you see, when you listen to that 20 second, it sounds like I was abandoned, but I really wasn't. God just wanted me to let go of everything so that he, I would know that everything came from him. Because it would have been so easy to say it was part of my hard work. It wasn't my hard work. It was part of my promotion. It wasn't any of that. Things just changed. Did that and I and I think on the 27th, he paid upfront everything. Committed me for the, the training that was to hold in January 2022. Upfront, paid everything. So I'd gone from, from that 40K to being like 1.3 million Naira richer in a little less than four days, about four days, from 22nd to 26th. That was more than enough to meet up for all my fears that I had. I think on the 1st of January, the um, signage work came through. They approved my... my... Um, my quote for that and that also went into about a million too that went into that um so profit from that was was quite much too i think nothing about profit from that was about about 500 close to that you understand it was great it was great work we did that and it's it was humbling because when school resumed i was more than ready now, why I'm saying this is to allow you know that in life there is suffering. But a lot of times, what we present are our successes. It's very easy to have gone on. A lot of you have never heard the part of me making all this money between the 22nd. I've never put it out there. You understand? But you know, that insecure part of me that wants to feel successful would have put that out there and missed out the suffering that happened the entire year. And that's the mistake. When we propagate celebration everywhere, everyone is doing well, everyone is doing well on social media, everyone is celebrating, then suffering becomes an abomination. And the person that is suffering feels like there's something wrong with their life. And that's why I decided to put out this podcast. I felt very insecure putting it out. It took me like this whole two years to put it out because I felt if I put it out, what would people think about me? What would people think? People, oh, Mr. Tola struggles. You see, I put out this image of myself of someone who has the answers, someone who was so wise, so good in giving advice, you know, very articulate. But then that was not, that, that's not a real image. It's a part of me, but it's not the whole of me. And I want anyone that listens to my podcast to get the whole of me because when I decided to start putting out content, I decided I was going to be honest. And so you, you need to be able to feel me when I'm happy and when I'm sad when I have wise words, when I have no words, when I'm insecure, when I'm scared, when I'm vulnerable. That is reality. Reality. And I don't want anybody to ever feel like Mr. Toller never has hard times, never goes through hard times. 
I just want my life to be like him. I must let you know that there are hard times and they are real. And people do have hard times and I do. The truth of the matter is, even after all that had happened in 2022, the beginning of 2022, that seemed to be a good, you know, good testimony, did I still struggle? Yes. Do I still struggle? Yes. Do I still have those financial hard knocks? Yes. Hard palpitations? Yes. So what has changed between that 2021 and 2023, two years later? Have I overcome all those challenges? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I still have financial challenges. We still have it as a family. You understand? We still have it. Has it been all easy since I started speaking, since I started speaking and teaching? Absolutely not. However, one thing has changed. With each time I go through that period of suffering, I am less scared. I've never been as scared as I was in 2021, December 2021, again, about suffering. I've come to learn that in your walk with God and in doing your work for God, there is a part of it called suffering. And as a matter of fact, it might be a greater part of it than the part called celebration. But being able to do your work in the midst of suffering is what is called peace. And that right there is what we are all looking for. Peace. That's all we are looking for. That's all we are striving for. Peace. But peace comes only by surrender to God in times of suffering in times of celebration not holding on too tightly you see one thing I believe God was trying to do in 2021 for me and my family was to release our grip on what we felt were our securities money comfort splouging during the holidays how knowing where the next school fees would come from he wanted to release our grief from those things that were our security outside of him. I will never change anything about 2021. It was the, one of the most definitive times in my life. It was the hardest, but it was the most beautiful when I think back about it. And I've grown more from it than I've grown in any other year. And I'm glad I shared it. Since I've shared it, I've gotten feedback from people, you understand, messages. And there was a message that I got that stood out from um, one of my um, a designer, one of the designers I mentor, a friend of mine. And um, he said, I just listened to this and I felt, I felt cold when I listened to your, your podcast on your struggle. How can I stop this from happening to me? And I told him I'll record this podcast and give him an answer. And my answer is, you are not to stop it from happening to you. I recorded this so that, not so that you can evade it. I recorded it so that you can expect it and have the right attitude when it happens. It might not happen in the same way. It might be, it, yours might be with your health. 
you might be with your emotions. You might, you know, you, your deficit might not be with money. You understand? It might be with health, it might be with relationships, it might be with emotions, whatever it is. You would feel like you are alone. You feel like you are suffering alone. It will happen. Don't let anybody deceive you. That is one of my greatest grievances with social media. That thought that everybody is doing well and then your suffering is unique. It's such a toxic thing. It's terrible. And that's why I tried, I'm trying to share my suffering with people. So that you know, when you're when you suffering, you remember Mr. Tolatu went through this. Tolatu went through this. He went through this. Mine is not even as bad as his. Mine might be worse, but at least he went through it. When we suffer, we don't need to see people celebrating. We need to remember other people that have suffered. I remember something that happened a while ago. Why? Before I got married, while I, when, when, when I got into university, when I just finished secondary school, I got into university. Now, me and my older sister got into university. On this, no, no, no. She got into university a year before me. And um, she went into U, um, UI, um, University of Ibadan. She was studying law. I went to OAU. I was studying architecture. But I had not got into OAU then. But she had gotten into UI. It was her first year. And the end of her first semester, she came home. And I, I, I was still at home. I think I was writing my GC or something then, hoping to enter university. And then one night we got talking, she was telling us about university life. And then she told me something. She said, Tola, I want to tell you something. She said, this is my first semester. I failed a course and I have a carryover. I didn't understand what the carryover was. I didn't understand. I was because I was, I was just come from secondary school. I didn't know what that term was. So the carryover is when you fail a course and you have to do it again the next session with your juniors. And I, you know, for me, it felt like, oh, so you are repeating? I said, yeah. So she just felt, she just needed to tell me. I wondered why she told me that thing. But when she told me, I felt in my heart, why, why, why is she repeating now? Did she read well? Did she read well in school? Has she been on serious? How do you repeat? You see, and that's where, you know, the educational institution, we've, we've, we've stigmatized some things that you repeat. You understand? Such a terrible word to... to you repeat, you are being held back. But then she told me that, and then I felt I felt bad. I felt like she shouldn't have told me that. You understand? Just felt like a damper on our conversation. But then I got into OAU first year, all excited to be in school and stuff like that. And I wrote my first semester exams, and I had a carryover. Wow, that hit me. Hit me bad. I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm gonna write this thing again. I'm going to write this thing again. Are you kidding me? I'm going to write it with people that are going to come next year. And I was like so depressed and sad. But one thing that gave me peace was that my sister told me it happened to her. So I felt it wasn't a fault. It wasn't, it wasn't a fault on my person. This thing happened. You see, a lot of people hide those kind of information. But then... The fact that my sister told me that it happened to her, I realized this thing does happen. It's part of life. People fail courses. They have carryovers. It doesn't make them bad people. It doesn't make them failures. That was the one thing that gave me peace. I never forgot that conversation with my sister. It helped me so much. Going to school, you know, I had other carryovers. But then 
that story always helped me. Always helped me. So sometimes we need to share our challenges, our suffering, our failures more than our successes. Because in the end, that's what gives people hope. That's what takes off the pressure from people's lives. And that's why I decided to do that podcast and share that. And I think it's been one of the best decisions I've made. It's not to get you to be scared or to get you to feel, oh man, I shouldn't be doing this design thing. It's a terrible career. If Mr. Tola can feel like this, no, 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 no. It's, it's not about design, it's about life. If you went into any other thing, expect a period of suffering. Even if you are doing the right thing. Even if you are obeying God. Expect a period of suffering. So I really, I really hope that this helps someone and um, gives someone the right perspective on, on life. Suffering is part of life. Suffering is not failure. Suffering is not failure. Suffering is a time of growth, is a time of introspection, is a time of surrender. And that's what I learned from my struggles. That's why I, I hold on to the moments I struggle. I hold on to them. I try to suck out every good thing about the struggle because there's juice right in there. There's juice. So I hope someone finds that helpful today and I hope that answers um, this very good question that Akeja has asked. 